0: The cross of Christ is the message I've got this morning. The universal symbol of the Christian faith is neither a crib nor a manger, but a gruesome cross. Yet many people are unclear about its meaning and cannot understand why Christ had to die. Hebrews 9.27 says, Just as man is destined to die once and after that to face judgment, so Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many people. And he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those. 1 Corinthians 2, 2 says, for I resolve to know nothing. This is the Apostle Paul. And this guy was the most brilliant mind. He could argue with the best philosophers and the best minds of his time. But he did that for about two years in, in Athens. And, uh, and, and he came back he said, man, I'm just not getting anywhere with arguing the Tars. He said, look, all I'm going to do is preach Christ crucified and I'm just going to preach that and that that revelation, that power is going to be released to people's minds, people's hearts and, and bang, God's going to be able to make inroads into people by the power of his spirit, not just so much by his word, but by the spirit. And so that's a huge thing. And at the very heart of Christianity is the cross, and at the core of Jesus' teaching and preaching was this work of the cross. And people these days struggle with, why the cross? Why do I need it? Why can't I just believe and be a Christian? Why do I need this cross? So Father, this morning help us realize why we need the cross. Right here, right now, Holy Spirit come, awaken us. You know, I really feel there's a real propensity Um, and and, and Paul says it straight up he says there is this dilemma of mankind being dull in his mind and and he even talks about a veil over people's eyes over people's minds even over people's hearts a veil meaning that when the word comes when the spirit comes it hits the veil and it just falls to the dust and so one of the most powerful things can happen is that when your veil over your mind over your Eyes over your heart can be lifted and God can reach you and speak to you and bless you. That's a good day because there's actually people in our neighborhood, in our cities that are blind to the gospel, that are blind to the cross, that are blind to Jesus, the church, the gospel. They're absolutely blind and they have no comprehension why you believe. They stagger that you go to church. They stagger that you read the Bible. They absolutely are dismayed and perplexed why you could even contemplate such things for your life. But you, my friend, have been graced with an awakening. You have been graced with an awakening. It wasn't because you got cute and you know, you woke yourself up. It wasn't because that you got smart, but you actually received a deposit of grace of faith to awaken yourself to the fact that Jesus Christ is the savior, and that you need the cross, that you need forgiveness of your sins. Isn't that a powerful thing? So let's just thank Jesus right there, right now. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, God, that you woke us up, that you woke me up, Lord God, to believe in the cross. And so, Father, let's just lift our hands right now. Let's, Father, right now, we pray for the power of His Spirit. It's not by the elegance of words. It's not by fancy preaching. But it's by the power of Christ and Him crucified and Him being loosed through His servants in what they testify and what you testify to your neighbors this Easter, when you try and share with them why they need the cross, why they need salvation, why they need Jesus Christ of Nazareth, why do I need Him, why, why, why? Well, let me tell you why. It's because of this. And when you open your mouth, I pray this Easter, that words of life would flow from your spirit and that you would testify in power the name of Jesus and the price he paid 2,000 years ago when he entered this planet, the time and space of this planet and said, I'm here to pay a price. I'm here to bear a cross. I'm here to to die for the sins of humanity. Who believes it? Who wants it? Who acknowledges it? Because I'm about to do it and it was done. Despite what the Pharisees did and tried to do and despite what anything came against him, he walked that cross to the valley of Golgotha and he was crucified, an innocent man, and paid for your life and my life with His innocent blood. Jesus Christ is the reason that we are meeting right now. It's for that reason and that price that we are set free and that know Him, that live in His presence and worship Him all the days of our life. And we say amen to that. Amen. God bless you. Awesome. Yeah, give Him a clap as you you sit down. Yeah, come on, really give Him a hand. Ho, awaken us, Lord. Who feels before I got up that they are a little bit dull, but now they're a little bit awakened? I need to do a survey. Who feels like, oh, yeah, right. Uh, just, just let that be a lesson to you, that you've got to do that for yourself. When you go dull in your spirit and when you go numb to God, that you've got to waken yourself up. Now, man, I've got 30,000 CDs, godly CDs. I threw out the other CDs and replaced them with the God CDs. And then i got preaching DVDs. And then i got God books. I've got testimonies of great men and women of God. I've got the Bible, the B-I-B-L-E that I read and I love and I cherish. And and, and it's fantastic. I love that. I love to pray. We came Thursday night and prayed. and, And that place was filled with fire of God. And you were blessed. And we were blessed. And we're blessed right now. There's ways and means to awaken yourself up. Because let me tell you this, the world is trying to put you to sleep. The world is trying to put you to sleep. But guess what? At Presence, you're going to be awakened. You go, whoa, okay, God, why aren't I on fire? Why aren't I doing great things for God? Why aren't I giving to God? Why aren't I worshiping God? Why aren't I spending more time with God? That's going to happen at Presence this week. And it's going to be fantastic. Expectant. Believing. Bill Pringle sends another text message to our church and it says pray for us. There's double the registrations and there's a huge expectancy of people to get blessed. People are getting visions and ringing them and sharing with them. We feel that this conference is going to be a just it's going to be like an impact zone. There's going to be like a, a like a nuclear reactor meltdown of the gospel and it's going to contaminate people and people are going to... Sydney's going to just get blessed and it's going to be shaken to its very core and and uh, it's something's going to happen. I've seen it happen once before in 95 with Rodney Howard Brown. It's going to happen again this year, next week in Jesus' name. Bill Johnson is has the message for today. It's the kingdom message. It's the kingdom invading earth in power and it's, it's, it's an awesome message. He will be there next week. I believe... His coming and the presence conference are going to meet and collide and pow. Your life's going to be changed. The church is going to change. The very fabric of our Christian life is going to be changed. It's going to be awesome. Pardon? $50 for four days is ridiculous. I, I don't know how they do that, but they do. And um, you need to get there at any session you can. You're working. Okay, Get, get just, just go straight from work. Go there and... Uh, do 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 a sandwich, quick coffee, get yourself in there, good seat, and uh, you'll see us all sitting down at the front. Unfortunately, we've got, we got the best seats in the house. But no, you will get good seats if you push in and press in. If you leave it till late, you won't get a good seat. It's, it's fairly well booked out. You need to get there, and you need to exercise. We tried to warn you, didn't we? We did all the great stuff. We warned you. We told you. We had the big bump of a bump. Of, you know, It's all happening, but still you wouldn't move. You know, you know. Someone said to me, "Oh, I still haven't registered." Yesterday they said, oh, "I I said, "Can't do much better than that." But that's cool. That's a lesson to learn. This thing about sin and redemption is is is, is an amazing thing. I, I, I heard this. Uh, who's heard of self help self-help Christianity? Self help Christianity. You know that 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 means that no cross that that you don't come to the cross and that you just live a good life by good teaching Jesus is a teacher, he's a good teacher I'll follow his teaching, that's not probably the way to go, there's no cross in that Um, there's a different couple of points of view that I'd like to share just quickly Uh, views about the cross and redemption Uh, there was a view that we could live the good life, that Jesus was the only one who needed to go to the cross hence we don't need salvation as such But just to believe and have faith in God, no cross please, too gruesome, sorry, we need the cross. A proper view is that, now this is a proper theological view, that fallen man is so overcome by the power of sin that he is like a person on his deathbed, who's been really sick on their, not on their deathbed, but just sick, you need someone to bring you some medicine, some soup, something like that, well, go even further than that. Fallen man is so overcome by the power of sin that he is like a person on his deathbed who has no physical power left to save himself. He is going to be healed. If he is going to be healed, he can't possibly do it through his own strength. The only way he can be made well would be if the physician gave him the medicine that is necessary to restore him. But the man is so desperately ill that he doesn't even have the power to reach out and take the medicine for himself. So the nurse approaches his bed, opens the bottle of medicine, pours it, into a spoon and then moves it over the dying man's lips, but he must, by his own will and his own initiative, open his mouth to receive the medicine. You get that? This idea is that the man is not good enough to work his own way into the kingdom of God through his own merits. He can't possibly get there without grace. The grace of God is necessary, but cooperation must take place between patient and physician, for the healing medicine to have its effect. What happens is that God provides the medicine and he brings it to the dying man, but the dying man must cooperate by opening his mouth to receive it. Another very orthodox view is it would go like this. <laughs> the reformed view would be that man is not only critically ill, I'm talking about sin, by the way, that we are critically ill with sin. Okay, let's take it a step further. Um, that, that not only is the man critically ill, he is dead. The man doesn't even have the power to open his mouth to receive the healing medicine. Rather, the medicine has to be injected into him by the physician. In other words, as well as providing salvation through Christ, God has to enable the sinner to believe in Christ in order to receive the benefits of salvation. <laughs> now, I'm not sure what you subscribe to, but I'm telling you, man you do need grace and you do need God to come to you literally to give you even faith to believe in God. It does not come by just some light bulb but it does come by a revelation of the heart and it's even happening to some people right now. The cross is necessary. It's called atonement, redemption and a ransom, a price paid for all. The challenge, my friend, is to believe in the cross. The challenge is to believe all that the cross means to us as born again believers. Are you with me on this? The heart of the issue has to do with our understanding of the nature of sin, meaning the nature the understanding of what sin is to God. God's a holy God. Sin is like I don't know if your mum had good carpet and you've ever walked into her house with dirty shoes and how how she really went off, and, but God cannot tolerate tolerate sin. To, to he, 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 he there needs to be there needs to be a cleansing, a redemption, a price paid, and Christ was that price, and so that we can have this amazing relationship with Him is only through Christ. It's not through good works, it's not through us being nice. It's not through us being, you know, it's not a self-help program. But the thing is, the understanding of the nature of sin and the character of God, it's understanding God, it's understanding what sin is, and it's that dilemma that we find ourselves in. i got this. If we are vague of what sin is and what the character of God is like, we will not be responsible to the work of the cross. And you could end up, you could end up If you don't understand the cross, and if you don't be responsible to it, you could end up, you could end up with religion. Meaning, the Pharisees said, "We don't, we don't need that. We don't need that sacrifice. We live a right life, pious, righteous, self-righteous. I'm a goody-two-shoes. Help me. I'm." Uh, I'm doing things. I'm, I'm a good citizen. Uh, why do I need this, this cross? Religion, of course, is our own way to God. No cross, please. I'm a nice person. Three, three terrible things about sin is, one, sin is a debt. We can't pay it. It's a failure to do what we're supposed to do. Two, it's an expression of enmity, a violation of the personal relationship between being uh, at the human beings who, uh, and the relationship we're supposed to have with our Creator, uh, and of course, three sin is a crime. It's breaking the law. It's it really is a crime against God. Uh, enmity, man, enmity is actually hostility towards God. Romans fourteen twelve. Our choice is each person has a choice. And Romans fourteen twelve says, so then each of us will give an account of himself to God. To Corinthians 5.10 see we don't preach about judgment I, I, I'm, I'm putting some judgment scriptures in there <laughs> it's probably not what we do all the time but really judgment is part of the message of the gospel that, that if you don't if you don't accept salvation you will stand condemned and you will end up on the other side of the tracks that you will actually end up in hell a place separated from God I'm, I'm preaching this morning um, but I'm teaching I'm just laying some stuff down that I need to say because there's self help gospel which is like you just beautify yourself you put your makeup on and you get fit and you look good and you're great but inside your heart it's not really happening you know what I mean you come to church you got your bible you go to this you do that and that could be actually religion, guys. But your heart is far from God. Your heart is not broken before God. It's not circumcised as it was in the waters of baptism yesterday. Give those guys a hand yesterday. Fantastic. There's Steve, you're awesome. Steve, and wife. Is that your wife? Is that your wife? No. Where's your wife? When's she going to come to church? One day. Uh, when? Oh, I've got to go to Roster. Kent. Ken? Sure, okay, yeah, we can do that. But listen, yesterday, in the waters of baptism, if you haven't been baptized, in the waters of baptism, your heart is circumcised. Now, I don't want to go into detail about that, but the heart gets, a bit, gets quite soft, and then God can reach you, and God can speak into your life, and then God can write destiny into your life. And if your heart's hard, very hard for God to write, uh, you know, the future story of your life out. So, love that water baptism. The problem of sin, okay, let's quickly, let's quickly do this. We're born sinners, you know that. Psalm 51 5, surely I was a sinful at birth and sinful from the time that my mother conceived me. I'm going to just hammer you with scriptures this morning. The problem of sin is this the consequence of sin is enormous. And man, look at sin. Last night, we drove in, our sign's been total. Someone's kicked our sign in at the bridge. But now uh, there was a marauding horde of vandals that went up the Tugger Strait. They kicked our sign in. They went into. The, Wyong and they ripped up trees and they kicked out other stuff and sin is out there you see it on the TV we see it in our daily life sin it's terrible stuff isn't it Uh, it's horrible stuff actually and um, the problem of sin is this it grieves God it brings guilt it and there's scriptures for each one of these but uh, for time's sake it grieves God sin grieves God it brings guilt it destroys our peace with God It brings separation from God. It brings judgment and can lead to everlasting punishment. It enslaves us. Sin enslaves you. It causes spiritual blindness. It causes spiritual death. It brings lack of hope. No hope in sin. It corrupts. That's why we have this awesome, you know, awesome. I'm just looking at that word hope. That's why we have this awesome message for a broken world. It's actually very, very serious stuff. And we have a choice what to do with it. God is holy. I said that. Praise God. 1, uh, 1 Colossians 1.13 For he has redeemed us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. We receive salvation. It's a choice. We, we, we say, God, I need this. I don't want to be in enmity to you. I don't want to grieve you. I, I don't want to be, you know, uh, I, I want to be pleasing to you. Who's a bit like that. Who lives their life 20, 24-7? where you just want to please God, you know, all the time. I think that's getting pretty close to it. God wants us to know him. That's right. He's got a future and a plan for our life. Of course he does. The choice is forgiveness. Uh, Matthew 1, 21 says, she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. What does the blood of Jesus do? What does this blood do? Three powerful things this blood does. Forgiveness of sins, deliverance from the power of sin and death. And uh, isn't it good, man, we don't have to worry about death? Isn't it great that we don't have to, at the end of the day, don't have to really get uh, too upset about death? It's lost its sting. Thirdly, deliverance from the power of Satan. Now, that's, that's good news. That's really good news. And so it's a little bit about, the, uh, I guess, the story of the Israelites being released from Egypt they have been set free from bondage. Pharaoh is a type of Satan who held God's people in bondage. Moses stood up and said, let my people go. Israelites finally let go. And they go through the Red Sea. And as they, they go through the waters of baptism, baptized into Moses, but baptized into Jesus. That's an that analogy of water baptism. You know what I mean? They look back and they go, oh, my God, the enemy's still coming. And, and, and that could be your, for your life now. That could mean that, oh man, that addiction's still coming, that, that bad mindset, that, that sin is still coming at me. But no, the water's crashed in. If you've watched the Cecil B. DeMille movie, the Ten Commandments, the water's crashed in. And it's just the horses and chariots and the enemy and the soldiers floating in the drink. And yesterday, I really believe that happened. Man, some people had some radical encounters with God yesterday. And I, I think some people had some deliverance yesterday in the waters from, you know, generational curses, soul ties and negative words. Spoken over their life, cursed over their life. Some people have been cursed, even by their own parents. They've been cursed. You'll never amount to anything. Well, we broke that off yesterday in the waters of baptism. So when these people got out of Tuoom Bay, they looked back and they just saw their past just floating away. It's gone. And uh, that is a total analogy of our salvation. Yeah. I'm believing for a new day. A new day. Salvation. I love it, and it is like the promised land to be possessed. We got a promised land; it's called salvation. They had a promised land; they had to they had to work their way into it. So it's through the Red Sea, but then into the wilderness, and then in the wilderness, there's lessons to learn. As that's another preach. There's lessons to learn. But after you've done the wilderness, you should be able to enter through the water again, the Jordan, into the promised land, where all the spoils are, where your High calling is where your promises are, where your future is. It's not in the wilderness, man. You can get by, man. You'll get a few miracles. There's some manna there. Their shoes didn't wear out in the, in the wilderness. But really, God wants you to get into the promised land where actually the manna ceased, the miracles stopped, and you had to work for your living. You had to actually dig the gold out you had to milk the cows you had to get the honey out of the pollen you know you know you know the man of cease once they got into the promised land it's up to you guys now go for it it's a promised land man anything you want you can have it there's some giants there there's some giants but you can do it go for it and that's exactly the same with people's salvation some people get stuck in in this wandering this this oh yeah well guess i'm saved yeah that was a great experience jesus lord in the church yeah but but you know i'm gonna hang no you've got to go now and into the promised land is that cool you got to go oh, God, i've got to get some stuff to get through here this morning th- th- phil pringle is the best book to get th- this book that phil wrote a couple pastor phil pringle called dead for nothing what what uh what does it say what the cross has done for you is one of the titles. Salvation he says, is one of the foremost things the cross has done for us. Isaiah 1, I think it's 1 Isaiah 12, 2. You can catch up to me now, multimedia, if you like. Uh, 1 Isaiah 12, 2. Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord, is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. Uh, I love this scripture. Hebrews 2, 3. And, uh, and of course the statement we need to say is many believers live in defeat because they haven't yet grasped the fullness of their salvation. We must, does that say that up there? We, uh, it's great. Thanks to him. We must realize the work of the cross has provided absolutely complete salvation. Now listen, salvation, and this is going to be next week's preach. It's, it's given you salvation spiritually and physically. It's given you salvation physically and spiritually. And we'll preach that next week. But um, Hebrews two three says, How shall we escape if we ignore such a great salvation? This is a great salvation, guys. This is awesome. Some people just, you know, they really go for it. And they walk it out. And they get through the wilderness. And they cross the Jordan. And they're into the promised land. And they've got some... Giants to take on, you know, generational stuff that's been in their family for ages. I love those people who are able to take out those things. And then they're in that promised land, living life in victory, living life with courage and and, and a plan to, to take the spoils, to take their life back, to take what belongs to them, to be blessed, to be a blessing. Who's into some of that stuff? That's not the nice Christian view. The nice Christian viewers, oh, I came across the Red Sea. It was cute, man. The water's opened up. I could see the sea. the fishes in the water. It was fantastic. And now I'm here. It's great. I'm not sure about that promised land, but it's scary. There's some giants there. I just stay here, you know. It's just, just pretty cool around here, you know. It's cool. I've seen that mountain before. <laughs> Yeah, I've heard that message before. Yeah, 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 sure. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, all yeah, right. Oh, a presence conference. Oh, what? Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah, church. a oh, big deal. Been there, been there, done that, bought the treasure. Yeah, whatever. And people, yeah, people get here, you know. And, and oh, man, come on. Come on, let's go over into the 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 promised land where your husbands and wives are, you know, and where your life is. And uh, come on, I bet your husband is or wife is waiting. Come on, wife. Come on, future wife. Come on, future husband. Would you? He's waiting for you. <laughs> that was for someone in there. <laughs> And then you look at salvation in the Old Testament, it was about, what was it about? It was about this concept about community, national salvation. Uh, but then in the New Testament, it, 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 salvation was this, it was personal. It became personal. Salvation became personal. It was about you, and it was about your, your meeting with God one day. You standing before God, not as the nation, as Israel, as in the Old Testament, uh, but now you're standing there by yourself uh, uh, hello yeah. you know you, you're standing as an individual not with your mum, dad, family, school teacher thank you Candice uh, you know but you've you got to stand there with, with Jesus and that's the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament so the Old Testament is God just sovereignly protecting Israel from the army and the calamity and the circumstance but then it's, that's great but now, the New Testament, Jesus said, now I'm going to bring salvation personally, personally to each person. And you've got to work out your own salvation. Is that good, Jules? So, get this. Through the cross, we have been set free from sin, set free from sickness, set free from the devil, set free from the poverty, set free from the curse of the law, set free from us. <laughs> Imagine being set free from you. That would be great. <laughs> Leave him alone. Let him go. No, he won't. He'll stay at home tonight. Get him right out of there. He's got to go to church. No, he's going to sleep in tonight. Get him out of there. Get him out Oh, He's going to lie in this morning. He's set free. <laughs> set free from the world. I'd love to be set free from the world. Uh, Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, since we've been justified through faith, yes, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access of faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Ephesians 1.13 And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth and the gospel, the gospel of your salvation. Say salvation. Having believed. Do you believe? You were marked in him with a seal, the promise of the Holy Spirit. The gospel goes like this. If you can get this, this will totally revolutionize your life. The gospel goes like this. Number one, Christ died for me. He died for you. Even if you were the only person on the planet Jesus would have still come and he would have did what he had to do on the cross. Jesus, don't do that for me. I mean, it's just me, man. I'm just, just me alone. There was a big nuclear accident. I just happened to do it. You don't have to. No, it's, I've got to do it. He had to do it. So Christ died for me. The power of the blood, the great exchange, the power of repentance, a new birth Two, Christ died as me. He took you to the cross. He literally picked you up spiritually and he attached you to the cross. What am I here for now? You, you, your sin deserved it. Remember, it's in enmity towards God. It's hostile to God. God, it grieves God. That sin, it deserves a punishment that needed to be paid. Crucified with Christ, the end of the law, the power of sin broken. Three, Christ lives in me, the power of. The resurrection, walking. Now, this this is great. I love this three. Christ lives in me. The power of the resurrection, walking in the Spirit, becoming a daily Christian, conformed to His likeness. You love that? for Christ lives through me. So once Christ is in you, Christ lives through you. A people, a people of the cross. <laughs> rediscovering the church, the secret of ministry, building the church, reaching the world, the gospel in action, Christ wa- living, walking, living through you. Christ is in me, but it's a secret. <laughs> Don't tell anyone he wants to do these crazy things. That lady over there is sick and wants to lay hands on her. She, I reckon she's, she ain't going to get healed, not with my hands. <laughs> you know. And Jesus said, would you just let me lay hands on her? Would you just let me blow through you and bless that lady would you let me where well, oh, this person here they need some hope and they need a witness how God can help but oh, I'm not going to do that man I've lived with that uh, over the road from that lady for five years six years uh, I've even said boo to her why should I start now just do it man and bang. And we saw our neighbor after 10 years get saved in this house two weeks ago got saved after <laughs> you know <laughs> And I did a lot of that too. Oh, bother with them. They're not going to get saved. Look at them. They're just living a life. Christ lives through me. The death, Jesus died. He died to sin once and for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God. Count yourselves dead to sin. Look at the price that was paid for your sin. Count yourselves dead to sin and alive to God. Man, I've got no problem with holding my head up. And walking like one of the king's kids. My sins are forgiven. No condemnation in Christ. Man, no shame. No no problem of walking anywhere, talking with anyone. I don't care who it is. And I've been tested many times. But I can stand and you can stand and we can stand and hold our head up. No condemnation. And we can engage the world Speak, Jesus, testify of Jesus, witness about Jesus and live life according to God's master plan of being saved. Is that good news? But now by dying to what once bound us, we have been released from the law so that we serve in the new way. After yesterday's water baptism, people are going to serve in a new way. They're going to live in a new way. Did you hear that, Steve? Not in the old way. Not in the old way. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jesus and a foolishness to Gentiles, but to those whom God has called, both Jews and and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, the wisdom of God. And of course, I love this. The answer to solving the complex problems of human life, whether they are physical, psychological or spiritual, is not found in the worldly wisdom. It is found in the pure gospel of Christ. Do you love that? It's found in the gospel. We count ourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Romans 6:11. The Holy Spirit works on us through that simple act of faith and makes it real in our lives. And um, the goal of the gospel, yeah, my time's done. I love this, the goal of the gospel until we all reach unity in the faith. What's the goal of the gospel until we all reach unity? What's the goal of the gospel until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ? God's goal in the gospel is twofold. One, to conform us to the likeness of Jesus, Romans 8, 29, 2 Corinthians 3, 18. Two, to reveal His glory through us to the world. Do you like that? And there's one scripture I just want to, I think, I think would bless you. 1 Isaiah 40 verse 5 says, "And the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all mankind together will see it, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken." I believe we're in days where the church is going to be purified by the understanding of the cross. I believe we're living in d- days where Jesus said in his last priestly prayer in John 17, this he didn't pray for the world, but he prayed for the believers. He prayed to those ones that were his disciples and said, I pray that you would be as one as I am one with the father. May you be one with each other. May you be one with God. May you be one with the, the cross, the mission. May you be one with that in one spirit. And may you give glory when you meet. May you live your life glorified. May you live your life to the glory of God. May you live your life according to my master plan to be totally saved. Set free, spirit filled, being a witness, laying hold of the promised land, taking what belongs to you, dealing with those giants, taking that on and help God build his church. Let's stand. God bless you. Amen. Thank you, Father, for this day and hour that you are building your church and the gates of hell will not prevail against the army of the Lord. This is your day. This is your church. This week we pray that the Presence Conference would deliver the death knell to the sin of our life, but to the slackness of our life, and that this week you would awaken us, my God, that you would awaken us to believe in your church guess what folks the church is the answer to a lost and broken and dying world the church the church is the answer to a lost and broken world we need to see ourselves set free christ is in us christ flowing through us to a broken and lost world let's believe it just close your eyes right now for a moment father if there be anyone in this house that simply needs to acknowledge Jesus as Lord, that simply needs to say yes to Jesus, you know what, friend? All you got to do is acknowledge Jesus as Lord, and He will forgive you of every sin. You can be absolutely forgiven, set free, purposed in God, knowing God, loving God, worshipping God, but listen, friend, God so, so much right now Would love for you to say, I acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord of my life. Maybe you did that years ago and it's gotten vague and you just got yourself out on the back paddocks. Maybe you need to do it again this morning. Maybe you need to reconsider recommitting your life to Jesus. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for any first time salvations. If that's your friend next to you, beside you, in front of you, just speak to them right now. You can come out with them. But if there be anybody in the house right now that needs a simple prayer of salvation in Jesus Christ, bang, pow, you're saved, bound for heaven. Salvation is yours. It's a free gift. If that's it, if that's what you want, it's your choice if you want forgiveness it's your choice this morning I believe God's spoken to people you need it I need it but if that's you I just want to see a simple show of hands anyone in the house from front to back side to side if there's anyone in the house just simply needs to say yes to Jesus it's you my friend if your heart's beating the warmth of God is all over you in you if the Spirit, that's great. Any others, please? Any others? Any others? Any others? Quickly, quickly. There's one. There's one. There's one. There's two. There's two. This is a moment. Days are fleeting by, my friend. Don't waste another day outside the presence of God. Don't waste another day outside the presence of God. Please. Please.